This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from a, a blizzard-blown Massachusetts. And this is Craig Williams, who would otherwise be coming to you from a rainy Southern California, but right now coming to you from a snowy Taos, New Mexico. And Bob, we'd like to take this time to thank our sponsors, SunTrust, who offers private wealth management solutions for attorneys and legal firms at suntrust.com slash law, and Clio, a web-based practice management software program at goclio.com. And we would like to introduce our new sponsor, LexisNexis, which is a leading provider of information and business solutions to legal professionals and other professionals in a variety of industries at LexisNexis.com. Yeah, LexisNexis, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, uh, me they've too. been around a while, yeah. Uh, well, and of course, uh, we would like to say happy holidays to all of our listeners out there. It is that time of year when uh, we're all recovering from the holiday madness, digging ourselves out of snow or sand, uh, depending on where we are, and looking ahead to a brand new year. Well, we are, and today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to chat with a standout returning guest and take a look at Lawyer to Lawyer's Best of 2010. That's right. Joining us today is is our favorite returning guest. Uh, it's become a, an annual tradition that we have Larry Savell with us. Larry is uh, a lawyer with the firm Chadbourne and Park, uh, where he has 25 years of broad commercial and civil litigation experience with a concentration in product liability and media law, defense, and counseling. Uh, but we don't care about any of that. What we care about uh, is the fact that uh, Larry wrote our theme song, uh, and uh, every year Larry produces uh, an album of his own holiday recordings. Uh, and this year he has another one out, uh, this time called You'll Hear From Our Lawyers. And that, of course, is Yule, Y-U-L-E, Hear From Our Lawyers. So uh, welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer, Larry Savell. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and happy holidays to everybody. Thank you, Larry. And, and just so that uh, we have some, I'm sure we have some new listeners listening to us this week and uh, and who may not have heard you in the past. So can you give them a little bit of some history about your musicianship? Sure, I'd be happy to. Actually, our marketing department tells me there is a small segment of the national population that has not heard of our music yet. It's about 99.9%. Um, <laughs> basically, what, uh, what I've done over the years is done um, holiday songs with a legal perspective. This is our sixth album you'll hear from our lawyers. And it just struck me that there's a, a need to provide... Um, holiday music with a, a legal perspective, which was kind of absent generally from the uh, from the what people listen to at this time of year. And you know, I, it's, it was a, a lot of effort because you know I find a lot of the uh, traditional holiday albums to be tedious and and uh, obnoxious, and it was hard to meet that standard. But I think I have. Well, we're glad to hear it, and, and perhaps uh, we should be listening to uh, the title track from your CD. Uh, you'll hear from our lawyers. So, uh, Mike, can we hook that up for our listeners? Holiday time's coming round again, and with it the urge to send that possess the safe and distant odds to forward gifts that no one wants. We think it's time to say no must to these tortuous acts that more Christmas. 
You'll hear from our lawyers if a fruitcake sat our door. You'll hear from our lawyers if they starve, we get one more. If another self help book arrives, or another DVD of Penguin's Lives, you'll hear from our lawyers, and it won't be to say Noel. That's great. So, can you, uh, what was the inspiration for You'll Hear from Our Lawyers? Well, you know, we all get those kind of holiday gifts that, that really are, are not perfect. I mean, this year, for example, I got the usual assortment of uh, intestinal remedies and, and hair loss shampoo and, of course, a Perry Mason DVD. So, you know, I mean, sometimes we get things we want. Sometimes we don't get things we want. But, you know, it's, that's not really about the giving. And actually, the last um, stanza of that song talks about the fact that it's really not about gifts you get, but it's about, you know, family stuff and spending time with people you care about. But we all have in the back of our closet, if we haven't regifted them already, a bunch of things we go, what were they thinking of when they gave that to us? Larry, if, if you don't want those Perry Mason DVDs, I'll give you my address <laughs> after the show and you can forward them on this way. But uh, one of the things about uh, your, your albums every year is that uh, while they're all a holiday theme, they all are, are, are different in some way. Uh, they all seem to take their inspiration from, from uh, something slightly different. So what about this year's album? How is it different from the ones you've done in the past? It, it is different. And what I've been trying to do is to make them sound a bit more mainstream uh, or, for want of a better word, legitimate. You know, every, what we're hearing about in the legal market nowadays is outsourcing. In a sense, this album is insourcing. Rather than have a band that's undependable and hits on my wife and stuff like that, what I've basically done is I've insourced this. So I basically do everything along with my computer, and I've tried to do it in a way that makes it sound like more traditional rock and roll. And what's been very satisfying about this process is the album has been favorably reviewed by mainstream music writers, not legal writers, but, but music writers on, on major newspapers who include it with their listing of, of the holiday albums around. So in that regard, this, this ongoing process I've had to you know, try to sound legitimate or like other albums that are out there is, is to a degree succeeding, and it's, it's very satisfying. When do you expect to hear from Hollywood? That's going to be a while. You know, my, my albums are still different. I mean, some people have said you have an interesting bass line. It's actually my wife snoring upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, for, for some of our listeners who, who haven't listened before, I mean, give us some more details about how you produce these. I mean, you do this uh, on your own in your home. Is, isn't that right? Uh, I, do. I, I do. I do it at home. And actually, uh, probably the best thing I can point to is some of the liner notes in the back of this album. And what it says is, along with the delivery of non-digestible fruitcake, irregular sweaters, and anything regifted, nothing signals the arrival of the holiday season like a new album from a law tunes. In this, their sixth CD, the group pushes the limits of what can be accomplished with questionable mastery of three chords, singing that makes it clear why a legal and not a musical career pays the bills, and recording conditions that on occasion sonically emulate a lumber processing facility. These are all produced in my home studio, which, as I mentioned, is below our bedroom. And actually, if you listen very carefully, you can sometimes hear dialogue from uh, Desperate Housewives playing on the TiVo TV upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Larry, what, what would you do, what kind of advice would you give to aspiring lawyers who uh, have this kind of penchant for some musical talent? I mean, my our office managing partner was a lead singer in a band that actually appeared in the, at the Kit Kat club down in, uh, in Hollywood. Oh, wow. So there are lawyers who, who do this kind of stuff, but what kind of advice would you give to lawyers who are really interested in starting a musical career like you've launched? Basically my advice would be to forget it. 
Um, but if they were insistent, you know, what I would say is it's going to be a, a hard road to follow. I mean, you have to have a very thick skin. I mean, lawyers, uh, unfortunately, often are the butt of many jokes, and, and lawyers who attempt to do music sometimes uh, raise it to the next level. But I think as long as you believe in what you're doing and you have a purpose behind it, my purpose, for example, is to try in my small way to improve the popular perception of lawyers as being stuffy and self-absorbed. I mean, we are, but at least in this music, I try to show that we do have at least a little bit of an outlet. So I would encourage people who want to do this to do it, but perhaps under an assumed name. <laughs> so can you give us, give us a rundown of, of the other songs on the album? Sure. The uh, the lead song is called Legal Holiday. There's Blue Book Christmas. And that and, and another song uh, on this album um, called Second Seed Santa are songs about beginning associates. You know, I've been practicing, as you mentioned, for over a quarter of a century. Uh, and I try to think back to what it was like to being a, a new lawyer who, at the bottom of the totem pole at any firm, has to do some of the relatively more mundane and, and tedious tasks. And I try to send a message from this that, you know, it gets better and I, we understand, we feel your pain and stuff like that. One of the album, songs on the album is Lay Down the Law, which is probably the most mainstream of the songs. And I'm actually thinking of next year perhaps doing a completely mainstream album, again, with a little bit of a legal perspective, but not necessarily songs about lawyers, but songs that you know have the same viewpoint that we have in terms of perceiving things and maybe referencing the law to make it as, a, as available to people as, uh, as possible. Does does any of this interface uh, with with your legal practice at all, or or are your music and your uh, and your legal uh, work uh, it kind of often two different worlds? They are two different worlds, but they do interact sometimes. There have certainly been occasions when uh, partners at the firm have asked me to send copies of the CD to clients. Uh, I do perform at, at firm functions, and you know I think overall it, these have been received uh, pretty positively. And I know that there are other law firms around the country, and if not internationally, that do things like this on occasion. And I think it sends a positive message uh, about people being well-rounded and having outside interests. So I don't think we've ever gotten any business from this, so that would be wonderful. Um, but I think it, it, it shows a little bit of what. Um, if I'm representative of people at my firm, that we have outside interests and we have hobbies and uh, we're not full of ourselves. And I think that pays a certain amount of uh, benefits. But to my knowledge, no Law Tunes album has, for example, has ever been cited by a court opinion, although I do uh, Google and, and shepherdize it regularly. <laughs> if, a, if one of our listeners would like to get a hold of it, and hopefully more than one of our listeners would like to get a hold of your album, how would they do so? Well, uh, the easiest place is lawtunes.com. L-A-W-T-U-N-E-S dot com. It's also available at all the usual places like Amazon and iTunes. I can tell you on Amazon, it's really moving fast. It's right behind uh, Pee Wee Herman Sings the Hits of Susan Boyle. <laughs> hey, Pee Wee Herman's having a resurgence, so that's not a bad place to be. He, he is. You know, I've thought about ways to kind of increase sales, and a lot of musicians and artists are doing duets, so I've thought about maybe trying to partner with, if there is a band of doctors or accountants, I figure that would really put people to sleep. Or, or getting a famous person like perhaps Justin Bieber, if he's available, we could do JB and JD. You know, these are all, our marketing department is, is feverishly at work at these ideas. Uh, I think I met your marketing department. His name is Larry, too, I think. <laughs> they, you know, everybody in this company seems to look similarly. It's very strange. <laughs> 
Larry, you've got a you've got a bunch of other websites as well. I mean, you mentioned LawTunes.com, but but tell us about some of your other websites. Well, I have LawHumor.com because I, in addition to doing the, the music, I've always enjoyed writing uh, articles for legal publications on 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 humorous subjects. I uh, one of them, for example, is I believe the only uh, love story ever written in the form of a law review article. Um, which appeared originally in California Lawyer. So that's at lawhumor.com. I also have lawtales.com, which is uh, where I do short stories, which are serious, but obviously involve the law. You know, I really think that it's very useful to have outlets. I think every lawyer, and you mentioned, you know, other people you know who may want to pursue music or, or other things like this, if they want to write things, I really would encourage it. Uh, I think, you know, if it's done the right way, it can only enhance what you do. It can only be looked at positively. And there's no reason why, because we have a profession, which obviously is very serious and we deal with very serious issues, that we can only look at life in that way. And I think people, and certainly I am happier by having those outlets, being able to express and not suppress things that I enjoyed doing before I entered legal practice. You don't need to give up the things that make you happy and which may make other people happy because you're a lawyer as long as you do it in an appropriate manner. So I would encourage people in all seriousness to pursue their dreams uh, uh, if they're along any of these lines. Now you tell us. <laughs> Never too late. <laughs> How how long does it take you to do one of these? I mean, at what point of the year do you have to start thinking about the songs and, and uh, working on the lyrics and uh, putting it all together? Well, there's a common perception that it takes me less time to do these than it does to listen to them. Uh, I'm not sure whether that's true or not, but uh, it's a good question because because of the lead time, and actually this album came out a little later than usual, usually you have to be pretty much on track um, by the summer, which makes it very difficult because it's hard to get in a holiday mood when it's 95 degrees out and at least other people are out in Speedos and stuff like that. But I, what I try to do is, you know, I'll leave the refrigerator door open, I'll you know try to have some green paper around, whatever I can to try to simulate a, a holiday season, but it's tricky. And I think that's another good question because the next album I'm going to do is a surf album. I'm thinking of doing one this summer. It may be a legal album, may not be, but I'm also going to start it while there's you know two feet of snow out my window. So I'm always in a season shifting. I like the department stores. I'm always like two seasons ahead, but you have to do that. Otherwise, you know, you never get it done. Come on out to Southern California, Larry. We've got a, a, a band down in, down uh, in Dana Point. I think it's called the Stingrays, and it's a bunch of oh, college. Right. It was a bunch of high school guys, but I think they're now all in college. And uh, they've got a pretty good surf tune, so I'm sure that you could uh, give them some guidance. Well, what I like about surf music, it uses a limited number of chords. So that's definitely up my alley. You had a Beach Boys-themed album before, as I recall. I've done some of it. I'm a tremendous fan of the Beach Boys, and actually at one time I tried to get Mike Love to appear on one of my uh, albums, and I actually got past his, his I think it was his agent, and he actually, the question actually was put to Mr. Love, but uh, he declined. But did, you you try, did, did you try subpoenaing, subpoenaing I should him? Do that. I should do that. I should do that. But, you know, I mean, it's, a, it's really a labor of love. And if it gives any pleasure to anybody who listens to it, although I reckon, recommend people do not listen to these albums while they are driving, um, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a good thing and it's a positive thing. Have you uh, performed these things live? I mean, do you go out on the road with this album at all or is it entirely uh, digitally produced? <laughs> Well, I, I do perform at firm functions. I did perform for the Nourishell Bar Association as part of a CLE program they were doing, 
where it kind of fit in what they would. I would love to do. I'd love to do more of this. Uh, I just uh, I haven't been invited. Um, but if that did happen, I'd be happy to do that. It'll be a little difficult to recreate. You know, this is like some of the groups that used a lot of, of studio techniques in the past. It's very hard to create that sound live. When I perform at firm functions, for example, I either, as I just did recently, um, do it completely unplugged with just me and an acoustic guitar, or I'm kind of like the Wiggles, if, if any of your listeners have little kids, um, where they have all the tracks recorded and you sing over them. It's, you know, it's a different experience each time, but I try to do a mix of that. You know, this is clearly a, a niche item, uh, and, and so the audience is, is small. I mean, as far as I know, WikiLeaks refused to release this album. When, when are you going to uh, release a karaoke album? <laughs> well, you know, people have suggested that only because it would, would be the absence of my voice. <laughs> well, Larry, it's uh, 2011, uh, just around the corner. Uh, what's what's going to be new for you next year? What what are you resolving to uh, do differently or, or change in 2011? Well, in, in terms of what I'm doing with music, I would like to learn a fourth chord. Um, but in addition, in addition to that, I think it's, I would just like to do more in terms of, and again, it's a, a little part that I do, but, you know, we all need to work to improve the, the view of, of the public on, on lawyers. I think it has come around. I think, you know, in the years since Watergate, our, the profession's image has improved dramatically, and I think it needs to continue to improve to show all the wonderful things that, that lawyers do. And if there's anything that I or any of us can do in helping people get a more accurate view of those in our profession and all the wonderful things that we do do, I think that would be a wonderful achievement to uh, to have. Well, Larry, we're very happy to have had you on the show again and uh, remind our listeners where they can get this, lawtunes.com. Is that right? That is exactly right. And we have extra operators standing by. They all, and they're all named Larry. <laughs> and and with, with all of our listeners, you'll need extra operators, I'm sure. Uh, we're, we're going to uh, go out to a break, and, and we're going we're gonna to let uh, you'll hear from our lawyers take us out to the break. But uh, once again, I'd really like to thank you and, and wish you the best of the holiday season. Same to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for being on the show, Larry. Take care. Has the recent economic climate affected the financial goals of your firm? Get back on track with help from SunTrust. Our private wealth management legal specialty group works solely with lawyers and their firms to deliver unique solutions designed for the legal community. SunTrust advisors give you sound guidance on everything from maximizing cash flow and waiting through benefits planning to understanding how to retain attorneys and staff. Learn more at www.suntrust.com slash legal. SunTrust. Live solid. Bank solid. SunTrust Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the benefits of cloud computing. Now, what do you think the single biggest benefit to cloud computing is? In talking to our customers recently uh, about that very question, I was surprised with what came back with as, as a really resounding response, and, and that was that it's the convenience and the freedom that cloud computing affords them. The ability to get their work done from anywhere, whether it's at their office, at the courthouse, at home, or even if they're on vacation, they're able to get their work done where and when they need to get it done. Uh, the mobile aspect of things is also increasingly important. Well, with cloud-based software, you can access your data and software from your iPhone or your iPad, uh, your BlackBerry, 
uh, and other mobile devices. So for the uh, lawyers that are on the move, which is an increasing uh, proportion of lawyers, that's a, a really key benefit as well. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if anyone wants additional information on Clio, they can feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. Thanks for tuning into our program today. We want to let you know about something extraordinary happening in the legal industry. Right now, hundreds of independent attorneys just like yourself are working to bring a very special product to market. These attorneys are part of a development program at LexisNexis, and they are working under NDA on a brand new application that will change the way you run your practice. This solution, LexisNexis Firm Manager, is a web-based, highly secure application operating in SAS 70 Type 2 attested data centers. If you are interested in test driving LexisNexis Firm Manager at no charge, or to learn more, visit www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Uh, welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. Uh, this is Bob Ambrogi, and uh, J. Craig Williams and I are uh, just just wrapped up talking to Larry Savell, and we are now going to turn to uh, the best of 2010, the best of Lawyer to Lawyer of 2010, and recap uh, some of the most memorable and some of our favorite shows from the year. So, Craig... Uh, let me ask you, uh, how about what what was your what was the most memorable show for you that we did during 2010? I think frankly it was the cyberbullying and the law show. It was it was difficult to listen to uh the, the mother on that show whose son had been uh bullied and uh, lost her son and it was it was just heart-wrenching uh to hear about all the other situations across the country where where children are um suffering as a consequence of, of bullying both in school and cyberbullying online and and just the whole inability of uh, parents and schools and teachers to really get a good grip on it and, and prevent the loss of lives. And of course, you know, hinging from that is the Tyler Clemente uh, Rutgers student who committed suicide as a consequence of what could be classified as a form of cyberbullying. So I, for me, that was... That was uh, and I think it's been something that's continued on. It's been discussed quite a bit throughout the year um, and in, I, I'm not really sure I want to cast uh, 2010 as a the year of cyberbullying because I don't think it was, but uh, it was certainly an undercurrent that uh, we need to get a grip on and get handled. And it's it's a sad thing to think about during the holidays because uh, you know you, people that have lost their loved ones and, and to such senseless uh, type of behavior that just is really frustrating to me. But yeah, not that I want to put a damper on things, Bob. But what was your favorite show? Well, frankly, I have to agree with you on that. I mean, that was certainly one of the most memorable shows we did this year, and and we did a, a related show in a sense uh, on domestic violence after uh, after a young woman in Massachusetts was was murdered uh, in an abusive relationship. Uh, we did a program. Uh, about that and about uh, how the law might be uh, might be revised or or uh, uh, you know uh, applied in ways that could help address that um, really good program uh, and actually one of 
one of my favorite shows this year, um, oddly enough, perhaps, was the one about Joe Salvati. Uh, this was uh, the, the case of uh, a Boston man who spent nearly 30 years in, in prison uh, for a crime he did not commit. Um, and what was memorable about that show for me was that uh, our two guests were, were two lawyers uh, in two very different roles, one as a, as a criminal defense lawyer and, and one as a journalist who devoted substantial parts of their careers to proving this man's innocence, uh, starting back when nobody believed them and everybody thought they were crazy to, to proclaim his innocence. Uh, so the the fact uh, that that these two lawyers um, devoted themselves, uh, the defense attorney without without compensation, uh, foregoing any legal fees in this, you know, really reflected uh, I think the best of what we of the skills we have as lawyers and, and how we can use those skills. And of course, I have to give a, a nod to the. Uh, to the uh, the the founders of the Legal Talk Network, uh, Louis-Anne Reeb in particular, who was a news producer at the time who worked on that story also over the years. Um, uh, but I, And I certainly don't pick that because it has anything to do with the Legal Talk Network. I, I simply think that the, uh, the, 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 the devotion it shows uh, members of the legal profession and what they can do to bring about justice in the world was, uh, was inspirational to me. And I, I also thought that, you know, kind of an honorable mention would be the show that you did with the uh, Ask the Pilot guy on uh, the circumstances of the, the TSA pet house. Yeah, he was an interesting guest, uh, and that was, that was definitely an interesting show. What about, what about the guests? Uh, you know, uh, who do you think was perhaps our most memorable guest putting apart the show? And, and you may have the same pick as your most memorable show because well, that was certainly yeah, as a memorable matter of fact, guest I, as well. I think I do pick Deborah Johnston. Uh, she was the founder of Students for Safer Schools. So I, I put it with her. How about you, Bob? Yeah. Yeah. She really was uh, memorable. And I, I, for me, it's, it was a, it was a toss up as I thought about this between her and, uh, and Betty Ann Waters, uh, Betty Ann, of course, was the uh, the woman portrayed in the film that came out this year, Conviction. Uh, we had her on the show uh, on October 14th. Uh, again, this is a, a story of somebody who basically in the in the pursuit of justice and in order to prove somebody innocent who was wrongfully convicted of a crime, uh, she she actually put herself through law school, became a lawyer simply to help prove her brother's innocence of a, of a crime, a murder. Uh, it was, it was quite a story. And, uh, and I will forever remember her as the only guest we've ever had on the show who said, are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And, uh, that's probably out there because of, uh, you know, where her background is. Uh, yeah. Well, no, absolutely, yeah. But uh, she was really memorable, and and again, inspirational her own way. And it, and it's kind of ironic that after doing all that, she she has not kept up uh, with the practice of law. She's gone back into the into the restaurant business that she came out of, but she continues to work on justice issues through the Innocence Project. Well, she really did it for one reason, and that was to get her brother out. And you know what a sad result of her effort to get him out, and then having him die after he gets out. I mean, that was just. You know, you wonder whether or not he would have been safe for staying in. Yeah, um, you know, and, and I, as another honorable mention guest, I think I'd pick F. Lee Bailey. Um, 
you know, we've had some pretty high-profile lawyers on the show, including Jerry Spence, uh, who I, I really enjoyed listening to. Um, but I would put Ethley Bailey up in that category because you know, he has such a wide range of experience, um, you know, from the Shepard case and the fugitive on up um, through OJ and, and a number of other things. And you know, I've I've had I've written a chapter in in my next book on the uh, cross-examinations that were done in the uh, Effley Bailey, I'm sorry, that Effley Bailey did in the O.J. Simpson case. And, uh, you know, realistically, he's the only one that got a conviction out of that case. You know, he put Furman, he got him convicted, and he did so through his Um, cross-examination. So you have to give kudos to lawyers that are, are that skilled and uh, who can offer advice. And those are people you really want to listen to to grow yourself as a lawyer. I think that that's been, you know, the show has really helped me from that standpoint uh, as a lawyer. And I've gotten a lot out of it from all of the topics that we cover because it increases my level of knowledge and my understanding of things that I would not otherwise be able to do. It's been a really fun run. I mean, we've been doing this now for five years. Yeah, and it's interesting. You and I didn't compare notes ahead of time, but I, I also had F. Lee Bailey on, on my short list right behind Betty Ann Waters, uh, and it was a toss-up again for me. But he, to me, is just such a such a giant uh, in the legal profession uh, and uh, is somebody uh, for whom I've, I've had the highest regard for as long as I can remember thinking about lawyering. Um, and, uh, so to have him on, to have an opportunity to talk with him, uh, and in that particular show, we, we had him on to talk about his, his strategy, uh, you know, how he would go about defending, uh, you know, uh, Roger Clemens, uh, famous, uh, of course, baseball pitcher, Roger Clemens, uh, in, in the, uh, in the uh, steroid-related case, and uh, to hear him sort of plot out his strategy and, and to talk live with him about that was really was really memorable. Yeah, quite a bit. Well, how about uh, favorite legal topic, Bob? Let's move on and, and talk about. Uh, you know, we covered a lot of different topics this year. Um, you know, we've done. We even did a show about ourselves, which is somewhat embarrassing. The uh, lawyer to lawyer and pioneers of legal broadcasting, uh, you know, among them Denise Howell and some other people. We've done uh, fair use and attribution, uh, blogs, blogging in the courtroom, social media. What, where, where would you pick? What topic was most interesting to you? I, I selected um, this whole issue of, of social media. And, and its impact on lawyering and the courts, as you say, we've done a couple of different shows on that over the years. We we did a show earlier this year on tweeting and blogging from the courtroom uh, back in June, uh, in which we had several guests on. One of whom uh, is uh, was uh, Ron Sylvester, who's a uh, not a lawyer, but he's a he's a journalist who who's kind of specialized for uh, the Wichita Eagle in Kansas, uh, uncovering using social media to cover the courts, uh, tweeting, uh, using uh, 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 video uh, and uh, blogging and, and other tools to, to cover trials in a way that uh, has really been uh, pretty significant, uh, and and he. You know, some of some of his work actually helped uh, inspire 
uh, a project here in Massachusetts that was the topic of another show we did, this uh, something called the Order in the Court 2.0 project in which uh, a, a, a national organization has provided funding to turn a Massachusetts courtroom into a kind of an experiment in using social media in the courts. And um, it's stuff that I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in and, uh, and the shows on that have been fun. Uh, they're not necessarily world-changing things, but well, maybe in some small, small way they are. I suppose. Yeah, for me, I would. I think I'd pick the uh, show that we did on Prop Eight. Um, you know, one of the things that is, you go through law school listening to your professors, and you're trying to absorb everything as quickly as possible and and assimilate the information that they're providing to you. And it, what a pleasure it is now after having practiced for such a, uh, for, you know, kind of along the lines of Larry Savelle for almost a quarter of a century. Um, it's just a real thrill to be able to have a couple of law professors on and talk about the academic and the, the uh, constitutional issues that surround um, the very things that define our lives in the country. I mean, Proposition 8, the same, uh, denying Californians the right for same-sex marriage. And, you know, thinking back to what happened with Brown versus Board of Education and the kinds of problems that we had with trying to get the country to uh, get over racial discrimination, to get over uh, segregation in schools, and, and all of the stuff that we now, you know, in, in at this point, understand that, you know, those are rights. And, and you know, here's a new civil rights uh, activity that's just that has been taking shape for a long period of time and has finally gotten itself into the courts and into the uh, judicial system and even into the legislative system about whether or not same-sex couples have the right to marry. Um, you know, and, and in situations where I'm this March going to be celebrating a same-sex marriage for my fiance's daughter, and I, I think it's great, but, you know, we have to go to Iowa in order to do that. So I, I think that there's... Um, there's a long way that we have to go to uh, to get rid of that kind of discrimination. But that I think, as far as topics go, that was one of my favorites of the year because I'm I'm anxious to see how it turns out. And it's hard to imagine that we are in the middle of another civil rights movement. Yeah, well, it's that's that's certainly uh, certainly significant, and and uh, the fact that uh, just just last week uh, Congress. Uh, Voted to uh, abolish the "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" policy uh, in uh, in the armed forces uh, suggests that uh, significant strides are being made in in at least uh, some aspects of of that civil civil rights struggle. Uh, and also mention just quickly uh, the top five shows of the year as ranked by numbers of downloads. Uh, yeah, well, we need a, we need a drummer roll here, Bob, and a rim shot. <laughs> should I should I start with number five or number one? I think but, we should uh, start with number five. In fact, we should have probably had a, a top ten list, a la David uh, Letterman. Yeah, well, maybe we can maybe we can put that together for another show. But uh, I think we we can well, do that for the New Year's show with, uh, and hopefully we'll get Steve Kaplan back on. Well, okay. Well, I'll. I'll give we can we can go back and we we can go. Do you have this list too, Craig? We can number we can go five. Back and forth Let's start with yeah. number okay. five, Bob. You you go first. Right. Number five was our show entitled "Meet President Elect of the American Bar Association, Stephen N. Zach." Uh, so that was when he was first on. I should mention he was actually on a second time too. So we had him on twice this year. But our first, in, our introductory show with him uh, was our, our fifth most popular show. Yeah, right? and he the yes, and and he did another show. The only one they mentioned was uh, civil civic 
civic uh, education and the importance of it in schools and his goal for that this year. And uh, let's go on to number four. Number four was the Google Books settlement. Um, apparently, there are a lot of lawyers who are authors out there, including both of us. That's right. And I suspect a lot of other people who are not lawyers, but who are very interested in that and, and who uh, were able to find our show and come across our show. And we do have a lot of non-lawyers who listen to our show, of course. Well, uh, number three, why can't lawyers fix Washington, D.C.? <laughs> the, the question alone uh, is enough to bring in a number of listeners, I guess. So we'll That's, that in there. and of itself is an oxymoron, I think. Yeah, I think so. Craig, number two? And number two, and we're nearing the top, is that both of our favorite shows, Cyberbullying and the Law, brought in a lot of listeners. And, and drum roll here, the number one most downloaded episode of Lawyer to Lawyer during 2010 was, Craig? Uh, the Supreme Court ruling on campaign finance. We must have a lot of political science majors listening to us. Well, and that was an important case for, uh, you know, a First Amendment uh, grounds and a number of other grounds and, and certainly probably the most controversial Supreme Court case last year. So I suspect that a lot of people trying to make sense of that decision, uh, uh, you know, perhaps turn to our show as, as a way of getting some, some thoughts on it and getting some insight and perspective on it. Uh, and it just, you know, just that list alone uh, – represents the, kind of the diversity of the topics we cover on this show. Uh, you mentioned it's been more than five years now, and everything from, uh, you know, Larry Savelle and his holiday-themed albums to uh, serious topics of, of civil rights and, and uh, uh, improving the innocence of wrongfully accused uh, uh, defendants. Yeah, we've uh, had the Innocence Project people a on a couple of times. Those have been very good shows. We have. We have. So... It's it's been quite a year and quite a quite a five years. So um, let's talk about controversy. I mean, we are not shy about talking about it. We've done some uh, clergy abuse cover up. Uh, Pastor Terry Jones with the Burn the Koran. Um, we've done the stem cell research court battle, Arizona immigration, the Massachusetts elections or lack of elections. You guys can't seem to get your you hanging Chad problems, don't you? That's Florida. Don't confuse us with Florida. You're on the same side no, of the country. They're all mixed our, up. Our only, our the only thing controversial we did in Massachusetts was elect a Republican for for Senate. Huh? How did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's been some pretty wacko things that have occurred. You know, out here on the left coast, we we seem to keep things pretty normal. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that explains Proposition Eight, right? It certainly does. Well, you know, yeah. like I said, it is exciting to be in the to be watching the midst of a civil rights movement. You know, I mean, it it's not as uh, violent or um, as active as I think the the uh, civil rights movement was in the in the fifties, but and sixties. But certainly, it's uh, it's one that we're we're facing and we've got to deal with. Well, Bob, what about? Uh, what would you pick as the most controversial topic we did this year? Well, you know, I guess it depends on whether you're talking about controversial from the point of view of lawyers or the point of view of non-lawyers. And I say that only because, uh, you know, I think a lot of lawyers might look at that the campaign finance case we talked about as perhaps the most controversial. I mean, that was a Supreme Court case that, you know, basically – 
kind of seemed to split down party lines and uh, seemed to be overtly political in the way the, the court decided it and, and not necessarily tied to the rule of law. And uh, um, so, you know, I, I, I think that makes it controversial. I, I think from a from the general public's point of view, maybe Prop 8. I mean, I, 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 that was... You know, I, I think the one that, that attracted attention from both sides of the aisle, from both lawyers and the general public, and really stirred a lot of debate while it was going on, was Pastor Terry Jones's attempt to burn the Koran. Um, you know, and, and the consequences that were going to flow from that because of uh, how America would be perceived in Europe and in the, in, uh, the Middle East, um, you know, we recognize in our country, we understand the First Amendment. We understand that people have the right to be able to express themselves as they see fit, uh, as long as it, you know, doesn't cause injury to someone else, a la the, you know, you can't scream fire in a crowded theater uh, restrictions. And, you know, Pastor Terry Jones was screaming fire from a crowded theater of the world. And, uh, you know, he ran the risk of causing a lot of injuries to soldiers in Afghanistan and Iran and other areas like that from his actions. And I think that, you know, wiser heads prevailed um, and prevented that kind of thing. But, you know, the circumstance of of um, what he was uh, what he was doing, we have to recognize. And I think it was kind of the first um, time that Americans as a collective woke up and said, what do you mean our First Amendment isn't understood by people in Europe and the Middle East? How could that be? Uh, and I, and that, was a, that was a tough thing for the country to kind of swallow. Yeah, those, those are good points. I, I thought it was funny uh, that, that uh, as I looked at the most significant stories of the year uh, and the most controversial stories of the year, uh, something that neither of us has, has mentioned uh, that seemed huge beyond uh, comprehension at the time was the Gulf oil spill. Oh. Uh, we did a show on that in which we were we were predicting this was going to be the legal biggest legal story of of the decade, if not the year. Um, and uh, you know it it it's it seemed <laughs> it seemed to work out for the better uh, in the end. I, I, the litigation continues, I, I know, and there there is uh, significant litigation going on, but uh, it, it did not turn out, fortunately, for the environment and for a lot of the people who live in the Gulf to be as bad as, as everybody uh, anticipated it would be. Well, you know, and, and I, I don't mean to, to cut you off on that one, Bob, but I'm going to because I think that, you know, the media has moved on to the latest story of the day, uh, I have some friends, and, and I know you do too, down in Louisiana. You know, we have Ernie Svensson from uh, Ernie the Attorney, and I, maybe it's worthwhile to do a follow-up show in the beginning of the year because I know that my friends in that area are still suffering from that and it from the uh, oil spill and, and will for a long period of time. And while the rest of us say, okay, you know, we're on to the next latest and greatest, uh, we tend to forget the kind of huge disasters that have occurred and, and the effect that it's had on the environment and on people. And, and uh, it's, a, it's a very sad situation. And I don't, I don't think that we're, we're paying enough attention to it and listening to it enough and, and continuing to support uh, the people in that area and trying to get it resolved. But, hey, we should probably move on, Bob, and let's talk about uh, your and my New Year's resolutions. So um, I think that... Um, 
what uh, what are you going to resolve to do in the upcoming year that you haven't yet done? Uh, I know you didn't think about this one, so it's all I didn't think I didn't think about this one at all. As a matter of fact, I was thinking we should do a, re- a New Year's resolution show, uh, our, our prediction show. I hope we're going to do that again this year. Um, but uh, I, uh, believe it or not, I've been I've been giving some some serious thought to <laughs> to launching yet another blog, even though I already write two blogs. But there's, oh there's something uh, there's something else I, I I've uh, been thinking a lot about that I really want to start to devote some time and effort to researching and learning about and studying. And I'm not even going to say what it is at this point, but uh, I, I've kind of set uh, January as my date to decide whether to do yet another blog, as crazy as that sounds. But but it, not a very earth-shattering resolution, but that's what I'm looking forward to for next year. Well, it sounds like you? you and I are going to be in the same boat. Um, I am not going to start up another blog. I already have one. And it's uh, what I've been doing over the last couple of years since I moved to uh, my new law firm, Sedgwick. I've uh, just essentially been posting our our podcast and really haven't had the time to be able to do it. My resolution this year is to restart my uh, regular blogging and uh, get back into that because it's something that I really enjoy and it's something that I miss. And I, I'd like to get uh, some some writing done. I'm reading uh, Clancy's new book, Dead or Alive, which uh, I highly recommend anybody who's a Clancy fan. But uh, I think he's given me some inspiration to get back into doing some more of my writing. And uh, hopefully, and it sounds like you have a book in the works too. Another book in the works. Yeah, Bob Kaplan Publishing has uh, decided to drop out of the trade publication business, so they've released the rights to my book. They've let me keep my advance, and so now I can freely shop it to whoever's available to publish it. It's ready made, ready to go, in the box, looking for an editor and a publisher. Well, pay attention, so, publishers. <laughs> yeah, well, it's probably time to wrap up the show, Bob, um, and, and, and move on to uh, New Year's and get ready for our prediction show. Um, so we should remind our listeners that they can get CLE credit through West Legal Ed Center for listening to select legal network podcasts. You can go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on the West Legal Ed Center to get CLE credit. Hey, Craig, you know, we do the show every week and we don't often get a chance to just talk like this. This has been fun to do and I've enjoyed just talking with you a little bit. Uh, and we, we should do some more of this during uh, 2011 as well. I, I'm, I'm thinking the same, Bob. I'm thinking maybe we'll take the last <laughs> 10 minutes of each show and kind of do a little bit of recap. We can do that. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks to all of our listeners for being with us this year. And uh, thanks to you, Craig, for uh, another great year of Lawyer to Lawyer. And thanks to the, all the folks at the Legal Talk Network for their hard work and to our sponsors and our especially our new sponsor, LexisNexis. Yep. And don't forget, you can get uh, the Legal Talk Network shows on iTunes as well as Lawyer to Lawyer. We'll be back again next week. When you want legal, think Lawyer to Lawyer. Happy holidays and Happy New Year. So his socks are red Visions of lost sights dancing in his head Breaks from California, scuba is his sport Back on land he's always asking, may it please the court On Legal Talk Network, they're the host with the most Just make sure that you don't call it coast to coast They're lawyer to lawyer Pack them in your pod, they'll never bore ya Malibu to Cape Cod the hottest legal issues and the coolest guests The most fun you can have while wearing a vest That's lawyer to lawyer 
yeah, yeah, yeah. In the legal journal business, Bob had a quick ascent. On his dispute resolution skills, there's no argument. Craig's a sort of a speaker and a Trekkie to boot. Danny Crane with an Enterprise shirt under his suit. One day they came together with the show the result. It is a legal treasure without it like a vault. They're lawyer to lawyer. Pack them in your pod, they'll never bore you. Malibu to Cape Cod, the hottest legal issues and the coolest guests. The most fun you can have while wearing a vest. That's lawyer to lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To corporate, from taxes to wills, we get the best legal thinking, but never a bill. They're lawyer to lawyer. Pack them in your pod, they'll never bore ya. Malibu to Cape Cod, the hottest legal issues and the coolest guests. The most fun you can have while wearing a vest. That's lawyer to lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're looking for a legal update, Hit play or download and then cogitate In the car, on the train, or even the shower They'll broaden your perspective in less than an hour For three years they've been here and we hope a lot more So we say hip hooray, now get to work on your four They're lawyer to lawyer Pack them in your pod, they'll never bore you Malibu to Cape Cod The hottest legal issues and the coolest guests the most fun you can have while wearing a vest That's lawyer to lawyer Yeah, 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 lawyer to lawyer Yeah, 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 lawyer to lawyer Yeah, 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 lawyer to lawyer Yeah, yeah, The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.